Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed, plus lots of bonus content, including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. So do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so. Maybe even strangers in the street. Love you. Welcome back, everybody. Today's guest is Ian Cathro and... A sparkling, interesting, challenging, bright guest he proved to be. Andrew Villas-Boas was regarded as a phenomenon, a prodigy, beginning to attain his UEFA badges at 16 and 17, infamously Jose Mourinho's assistant, and then seven trophy winner at various different clubs in charge on his own. So if Andrew Villas-Boas thinks that you are a youthful phenomenon, as he did about Ian Cathro, it's worth finding out why. This first part of the big interview with Ian Cathro explains how a very young Dundonian, about 20, got an invite to go and watch Porto train one night in Dundee and the very next day was at Porto's training ground to watch and he felt perhaps to be patted on the head and sent away by Andrew Villas-Boas. That turned out not to be the case. It was a life-changing moment for you and Cathro. And I hope that listening to this, you'll find inspiration, daring, that the horizons are not far away, they're near. And that sometimes risk, adventure, total blind self-confidence can yield dividends. In this part of the episode too, real detail about the Iniesta game, which 
Cathro invented in order to train young players. Details about his thoughts on Ryan Gold. Fantastic player, young, Scottish. Knows a lot of his development, as do many youngsters to Cathro. And the academy he formed himself as a teenager in Dundee. This, genuinely, is a remarkable man. He's been assistant coach at Valencia, Rio Ave, Newcastle, um, Spurs. The list goes on. And so will this episode with part two, after you've enjoyed Ian Cathro making his debut on The Big Interview. Welcome everybody to um, The Big Interview, and it's The Big Interview in person, because after a couple of years of being isolated, we're not only with Ian Cathro, Ian, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. We're in God's own country in Scotland, happy to be here and talking to somebody who, Ian, you know that one of the reasons that um, we have devotees who listen to us and watch us is that we consistently talk to people who know how to talk well about football, their pa- either their passion or their experience, the things that they... And the, the reason why we wanted to talk to you was that you embody a lot about what we enjoy about um, a young Scot who's passionate about football and has gone out and done something about it, which is magnificent. And know that you are uh, a fan of, of Spanish football and that was part of your transition from ambish, ambitious Dundonian to somebody who's worked um, all over the continent... And in these situations, I often ask somebody, particularly footballers and managers, when did you get your first boots? When did you get your first football? And I want to ask you, when did you get your first credit card? And what was it? Because a credit card has been your friend. Yeah, credit in card highly, this is highly yeah. risky situation. Yeah, it's been my friend right. and my enemy, um, depending on what way you look at it. Whether you... I, I think friend, from yeah. what you're about to tell us. Yes. Um, I mean, as soon as I could, but prior to that, you, you use your parents' credit card as well, don't you? <laughs> So yeah, my, I'm not, I don't admit it very often, <laughs> yeah. but I did, yeah. No, I, th- I think there was a, there was perhaps a period of time in which my credit card, uh, my father's name is Ian as well, so we can leave it there. Handy, <laughs> yeah. handy. That was that's a that's a convenient thing when you, when you need something to to get something done. But uh, as soon as I could, as soon as I could. When was the first time you took a risk with a credit card that was about your vision and ambition as somebody who felt it's more than coaching's in your blood. It's a passion. When was the first time you went, that'll go on my card because I'm going to do this? The, the time when I remember clearly having that kind of rush to get something done was, uh, was a trip that I made to, to go to Porto to, to meet with Andre. When Andre Villas-Bos. Andre Villas-Bos, when he was, he was coaching Porto. Um, that came from an introduction from Jim Fleeting when I was I was going through the courses in Scotland, as had Andre previously, and he he felt there was some sort of similarity or something had struck him uh, so much so that he he put us both in contact, and there was there were some emails back and forth. But I, I remember um, sitting in my flat just outside Dundee, and an email came through late at night from Andre, and uh, it was more or less great. Come meet. We'll you know see the training sessions, spend time with us, stay for the game, some niceties, and then see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> so 
So of course I'm in the flat just outside Dundee and I get the email that ends with see you tomorrow morning. Not a lot of practical advice no, about the, there'll be a ticket waiting. No, in or no, no, that, that didn't exist. We'll send the club helicopter. Yeah, like, no, there was no, there was no tomorrow. club helicopter. See you tomorrow. I was excited because that was that was someone opening the door and saying, no, I'll tell you what, walk through this door and we'll let you see what's on the other side. And I never really had that, obviously, you know, in, in Scotland I'd had access to that um, through working at Dundee United. But outside of that, which was the thing that I was really craving, that was the first time that door had been, been opened ajar. But to answer your question, I didn't feel risk about that. I didn't feel like there was, there was a risk of... I didn't have disposable income to figure out, okay, so I need to, I can't fly from Edinburgh, I need to get to London, it's currently 10 o'clock at night, the flight that I want to get, I want to be there for training, I don't want to miss training, so I need to get out of a flight at uh, 7. Logistically, for those who don't know, it's quite an exercise to get um, an email at 10 o'clock in Dundee, say, see you at training tomorrow in the portal. Yeah, that was a stretch. That was a stretch, and and there was a sprint in Gatwick Airport to 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 get a connection as well, to then get on the flight to Porto to to get to the training, and I got to training probably probably halfway through the training session, but yeah, to back to the point, it, it never felt like a risk. It felt like I was I suppose at that time I'd already been running a business. I I was leading everything. I was deciding everything. I felt comfortable with making decisions. I suppose fundamentally it was just an investment in me taking steps towards where I wanted to go. When Andre's email drops, how old are you? 20, 21. With a little bit of sideward lateral vision which you need to coach into players, can you realise how odd that will sound to people even now that have seen you progress and help coach at Rio Ave and, and Valencia and at Wolves and Spurs? To be able to go, no risk, here's how I do it. And you make it to the bulk of the training session at Porto. Stolen is an extraordinary feat. Yeah, I listened to that, and my response is to go yes, but it didn't feel that way to me. It just, and that was that was the way it was for me. I I, I was so focused and so driven, and it was an, it was a moment where, as I say, somebody had opened the door and said, "Walk through it." I remember arriving, speaking to kind of first security where the drives uh, the cars go in. And, and then they're held and then checked and then they actually go in to, to go and park so they've got this kind of in-between part so you, you need to get some sort of approval to go from security one to security two that took a little bit of time and then uh, I remember it was uh, a Casio who was the, the, the team manager who Andre had clearly spoken with and he knew about it and he came to meet me um, at the second part of security I'm, I'm, I'm reaching here this is made up but Valentina Casio or Guy, a, a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, with the long hair. With the long hair, yeah. I've been yeah. on a stag weekend with him. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a castle. That I, 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 of course, I didn't know him at that time. I, I, I took everybody as a kind of everything that day was a first. And he came and I suppose loosely looked after me for the duration of 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 that training session. I found a little quiet spot to <laughs> stand and, and wait. And then it was a normal training day for everyone, just with this you know, young Scottish kid probably standing at the side of the pitch. After the training session, we, I joined Andre in the office and we spent a lot of time talking about that training session, about uh, training in general, his football model, his views, just football. You know, that kind of first introductory chat on football. I think he, he, he had a, a positive experience with the Scottish FA with Jim. And I think... Perhaps he felt 
a little bit of pay it forward in some sense. So, you know, Jim's asked me to do this. You know, I'm going to open the door to a young kid because I also was and I suppose still am at that stage a young kid. So I think that was the attitude that kind of opened that up. And then after a little while, he maybe realised that it certainly wasn't going to be an empty conversation. And I imagine in his mind that conversation was maybe going to be 10 or 15 minutes and then they'd call me a taxi and I'd go away. And then I'd come back. If you've been brutal, like take him in, pat him on the head, pay him a, a, a little bit of that. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think that's probably common practice in a lot of ways. But I'm, I'm sure we were there talking for probably about an hour and a half. All in English. All in English. I had no Portuguese at all. You had a little bit of Spanish, but I had a little bit of Spanish at that time. I wouldn't say it was anything that gave me any great confidence. No proficient Spanish at that time. What a little you... bit of understanding, but no. What, what did that morning? What did that day do to you? That's probably the one day that had the, the, the biggest effect on me with, with respect to what I wanted to do in my life in football. I remember really vividly when I eventually did leave the, the training ground and I was walking outside of the, the sort of main building security and down the driveway to the Yeah, because it's, it's sort of it winds, a really old-fashioned winding. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's actually not that well-made, is it, as you yeah, go it's, up? it's probably not ideal. Kind of like 1950s yeah, kind so of stuff. You've, you've got kind of... Snakes up and correct. round. Yeah. Correct. So I'm, I, I remember vividly being on the phone and I called uh, one of my friends who, who coached with me and worked with me as I was making my way down, down that path and said, uh, that's me done. That's me done. The, 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 this youth coaching stuff's done. Um, I'm going after the next one. I want to chase the next one down. That's me. That's me done. See that? Don't tell anyone yet. <laughs> like keep that as a secret because obviously we've got bills to pay and I'm going to have a, you know, I'm going to continue to deal with my life. But um, so let's put it out there. This is done. So literally a life changing moment. Instantly, yeah, yeah. But what you've just said there, I think for those who are listening and learning about um, what's what's you know, the construct of your life, they won't understand the importance of what you said because um, you, you said you'd been a businessman age 2021 20, for, for four, five, six years. And I didn't expect the answer about the credit card because you, I think when you f- have this vision about how a coach or that coaching is, is you, you form your own academy in Dundee. And I, and yes, and I'm cheating because before we sat down to tape this, you said, I said, who paid for all that? You went, well, me? Yeah. So as a youngster who hadn't been earning money, you were making sure that people around you could be coached, even at your junior age, and you were assuming the cost of that. And and it was, the way you expressed it before was, it was everything to you. It was your gang of people you were coaching, the youngsters, and you against the world. So when you phone up from Porto saying, that's me, I'm done, I'm moving on, that was a much bigger decision than, than you made it sound. Yeah, I mean, I was fully, fully invested in everything that I'd done until that point. It did coincide with a stage where, where the group of kids that I refer to were, were growing up, were getting older and were becoming closer to, closer to first team level in their own club. The vast majority of them were at Dundee United. So there was no abandonment element to that. You know, There was no second thought because you know, I, I have to continue to focus on this because they need me for this extra period of time. There was a degree of uh, convenience in the timing, I suppose. To sum it up, it was in a 24-hour period. I'd experienced somebody opening the door, allowing me to walk through the other side. And I got there and I walked through the other side and I sat down at the table and I felt at home and I felt at peace. And I didn't see anything that 
made me feel like I couldn't get there, like I couldn't do it. There was no, there was no secrets. There was no magic. It was, it was work in, in a way that I wouldn't have been ready to do, but you know, it wasn't a thousand miles away from where I felt like I was at. And there was just a, a, a massive sense of inspiration and motivation all at once. And I, I, it was it was very instinctive for me to go. No, this is this is what I want. When you were sitting talking at Villas Boas in Porto, was it was there any degree of self consciousness? No. So, when the discussion is clearly not going to be fifteen minutes, and and he's leading, where do you intervene? What do you say? What are you? Because I presume from the little I know of you, you weren't doing any marketing. You were like, here's my beliefs. This is what I think. Yeah. No, you're wrong. Yeah. Or, yeah. I've I've no I've no time for. I, I, I've no time for bullshit. I've no time for nonsense. Uh, I, I like to have good conversations and to say things how they are, and to also call out something that maybe uh, disagree with or I think is, is is incorrect or to challenge or however it may be. The conversation was. There were moments where we would finish each other's sentences <laughs> because. I, what you got, Andre's English is very good. I'm not yeah. commenting on things by any means. It's excellent, but naturally, when you're going through that process in your own mind, you have a little kind of gap where you're selecting the appropriate word that you're then <laughs> going to slot in. Yeah. So whenever you had that gap, I put the word in, <laughs> and that kind of opened up the conversation to ebb and flow. And then we'd get into football, and I would challenge. Not challenge is the wrong word. Challenge is the wrong word. But from from being a class to someone who you've invited in to show and to share, it became a conversation. That's probably more a more fair reflection of how that was. And in the midst of it, do you notice the transition from someone who thinks, yeah, I'll be friendly to this guy, yes, yes. I'm paying it forward, to, I mean, okay, maybe not him falling off his chair, but him going, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt that. You felt that in the room. All these things were just normal to me. An example would be, I'm sure one of the first things I'd done, because at that stage in my life, Often it would be the case, something like that would come up and I'd phone my dad to discuss. And he'd probably think, that's impossible. <laughs> that's not possible. And this was probably one of the things with my early experiences growing up. Well, I'll say in Dundee, I assume it's in Scotland, that I think we think a lot of things that are possible are impossible. It didn't put me off. It didn't say, oh no, you can't do that, son. Just calm down and go about your life as you normally would and everything will be fine. I, that was very normal to me. Opportunity. Let's go. Part of that has to be to do with the degree to which you'd lived in, in a not a vivid imagination, but a powerful imagination, because you said to us earlier on that you'd, you'd begun by watching football, and then you'd narrowed down what you watched, and then you just went, no, wait, I've got it all up here in my mind. I can... You were, you were gaming things out before that phrase was even known, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, I, I, prob- I, I probably was. Doing. I probably was. Again, I, I'd done a lot of these things, and, and in that period of time in my life, only a few years down the line do you reflect or you have a conversation like today and realise that well, that's what I was doing. When you're doing it, you have absolutely no awareness of it. I was just so, so focused, and I, I'd done some things instinctively. I don't know where it came from, but it felt real to me. I felt... It was too strong a feeling inside me for me to not do certain things. And that's probably what drove me uh, on that path, really. But it made you accustomed. The muscle was developed yes, to be able yes, to, to transform yes. a conversation with Andy Villas Boys where literally just about anybody should have been like, as good as I think I am, as able as I think I am, 
whoa, this is going to... I'll come back to him tomorrow and I'll talk again. (laughs) This is just me going, thanks very much, Mr. Villasports. And you had none of that in you. Before the rest of this big interview, I'd like to tell you that our entire archive of audio and video content is now on our new YouTube channel. We've begun filming all of our interviews, and there are already loads of clips with guests, including Rio Ferdinand, Connor Cody, Brendan Rogers, and Jamie Carragher, plus full interviews for you to watch and to share. Please do share with friends. Go to YouTube and search Graham Hunter, or click on the link in the show notes to this episode and become a subscriber. I honestly think you'll enjoy it. Thanks. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Explain to people who don't know about it, Master the Game, Football Eyes, the Niesta Game, because these are concepts of your own invention, really, which helped people around you because you, you taught them different football skills when you were aged 15, 16, 17. But presumably that helped you prepare for what for many people would have been over overawing moment. I'll touch on some of those because it's probably important and, and it may be interesting. But the process of doing that is probably what gave me the... And we'll maybe describe it as a naive confidence or a naive arrogance, perhaps, to allow me to have the sort of conversation that I had with Andre across that table. Was that in that period of time where I was working on these these things, that because I'd made the step for it to be my business or my private academy, whatever label we put, I could do whatever I wanted, and I was in charge, and I'd make every single decision, and it would you know it would go good or bad based on my decision. So I learned how to how to act that way. And I was able to, you know, I had a platform to take things out of my head, put onto the pitch, work it, and, and complete that sort of loop of going, okay, this works, this works, this works. And then I built, like anybody, you, you, you build confidence as you do that. Confidence in your own mind, confidence Absolutely. in decision-making, but also confidence in, in reassessing. Yes, yes, and your own process. And I think that's what I was learning at that stage. I was, I was, I was learning how to build my own process for how, for how I was going to work. So what were those devices that you... What, explain why you chose them, why you called them that and what they were. <laughs> I suppose you call them things because they're catchy and you're working with kids. What they were called made no relevance or difference to what was going on at all. But um, to pick on one of them, the, what, what was called the NES, the game, which was basically because he was a small, very intelligent footballer, I remember we'd done that quite specifically for, for two kids. If I remember correctly, it was, it was Ryan Gold and Bradley Smith. They were in opposing teams. The thing for them was, you cannot, when you're in possession of the ball, you cannot be touched. You must evade the opponent and not allow him to be close enough to you to touch you. But it's important that people understand this a little bit deeper because that, a young kid at that stage can take that and, and go, OK, well, I'll, 
I'll stay away from the game. I won't get involved too much. I might play some one-touch passes. I'll stay away from the game. And there I'll, you know, I'll satisfy that rule. That, that was the opposite of the point. Those two players had to be the playmakers in the team. They had to impact the, the training session. They, they had to be the decision makers in the team. So what did that do? It put both Ryan and Bradley into situations where their sense of how space around them changes needed to be so on that there was a level of challenge there that wouldn't typically be there. And what started to happen was, naturally, their sense of just looking around themselves. Having a glance. That had to be there anyway. I think that's something that probably everybody done well, but the magic part was in, but you have to impact the game. I remember a time where it was the dreaded phrase of check your shoulders, you know, and, and everybody would say that and everybody would do it. I've never heard that expression before. Really? No, no, no. Wow. What does it mean? Uh, prior to the ball coming, you look around there and you look around there. So, but that's a glance to see who's near you. It is. Not a glance to see what you can do with the ball. Yeah, and, and it felt lazy to me. Yeah. It felt lazy. On the first hearing, you're like, I'd be like, well, I want to see where's the space. So you're pre-programmed about what you're going to do. Yeah, I, I, there was a, a period of time where... When I thought that was something that says, okay, before you receive the ball, check your shoulders, tick, okay, I've done that, I'll move on to the next part, as a coach. For me, it was different for these kids. What they, what they had to do was to recognise, how do I take players out of the game? So how do I allow him, for me to take him out, he needs to get close to me. So I can't always avoid him, I need to provoke him, mm-hmm. I, I, I need to make him come to me in a way that I know I have supports that can then allow me to take the space behind this player or for somebody else to come and take the space behind this player. If somebody else takes the space behind this player, I need to approach him at an angle where I can then be set the ball for me to then make the next decision for us to go behind the next player. And that was how they learned to understand these things. Are you promoting, once they've learned to understand them, are you promoting um, change of pace? You said that the title was irrelevant. I wonder if it was only a handle because... By definition, things become what they weren't originally Because if you call it the Iniesta game Presumably, aside from your teaching These guys possibly then went and had a little look at Iniesta Yeah, only positive things come from that What he does is he does a corkscrew turn Or he pretends he's going to step this way And then off he goes that way He's got a ability to faint And remain balanced without contact They must have thought Well, okay um, Iniesta-esque Though Ian is in his own right In Dundee at Cassie Park I'll go and look at the real thing as well. Yeah. And, and, and nothing bad can come from that. So, Unless yeah, you're a defender. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me for being pedantic. I mean, you said, I still want to understand. What I've often found in talking to professionals is that terminology will lose me a little bit. Not allowed to touch. What is, so was it like touch rugby? So if somebody got near and tapped them on the shoulder when they were doing it, that, that was the play over? Or... It, it meant that they were effectively allowed to do whatever they want because there was no tackling. What no, was the reality so, of it? So they, I'm playing against them. I want to touch them. I'm allowed to. There's no limit on that. I want to get them and I want to go through them. I want to make them feel me. Yeah. The, the same way that we grow up and understand football in Scotland. But this was very much about the, the, the situation which I thought was going to prevail for these two kids and say the 18 months, the two years moving on from when we started to do that work. They're going to be bullied. Which was, they need to... If they're going to become a footballer, they're going to become a footballer in Scotland prior to leaving. I would probably make an assessment at that point that I I think you're ready to leave and be successful in another system. 
but there might be this period of time in which if you can't get through this period which is becoming the professional footballer in Scotland and then being able to also get value from your talents in the context of that game before leaving you know that might be your that might be the block that stops you getting on the other side of it so it was very much about helping those players figure out their own individual ways of perceiving things around them and developing their own little knacks of taking away the physicality of an opponent that can that can limit them. Did you see product that you weren't expecting? So you're creating an environment where you can describe all the things like you just did that you'd imagine they might do. I mean, you, you wouldn't need, need to call it an ESS. You could have called it a David Silva drill if you really wanted to or whatever, any number of names. But I'm asking this because I think all teachers see products where they're like, well, I expected this, but look at that. Was there a little moment in a drill or a moment in a game where you were like, what did he What did he just come up with there? That's, yes, that's what I was looking for, but boy, look at that. There was probably two parts that I think really, really developed a lot, which was the way that they would touch the ball, the way that they would position the ball when they knew somebody was close. Yeah. So it was always in a, in a, in a position ready to be passed. They would, they would never leave themselves needing a, a touch or a half touch when they sense... That's a partly about that. body shape when you receive body shape, or where it goes the, the, to... The shape that the foot's in, exactly how they move the ball, or even just anticipating that perhaps the pressure is already on its route, so I'm going to just change change exactly where the ball's sitting so that I know I can, I can make my decision instantly. But the other part was, and this was the more smart part, which was the timing. A good example is be, would be when a player dribbles the ball towards his own goal by means of going to be followed naturally he's got his back to goal so we press and we squeeze and we do all those things but also you've got the flip side to that that doing that attracted the attention and they got comfortable with being in a position where they'd anticipate when it was getting to the point where and it wasn't so much about okay maybe he's close enough to touch me now and Ian said that I can't be touched it was more about is he so close to me that I can play and get into the space that he's just left before Keeper, he can turn back, turn, go on, I'm into that. Correct. So that was your thinking, like minimum two, three passes. Absolutely. Maybe four Absolutely. ahead. And if there was one theme through all of the work that we'd done, that, that was it. That do, was thinking. Do we live in a game. country, genuinely, I mean, tailor your answer to your own wishes about whether you like the Stenhousemere job or not, but do we live in a country where people have no time for that language? all the things you've been talking about. Because I, I, when I lived here, I watched and listened to people in our, my profession who would have very little time for detail like that, vision like that, coaching like that. It's still to a degree that you wouldn't believe how tall are you, how rugged are you, how far can you kick it, um, are you a good laugh, are you a good lad? Do we live in a country where that that language, that type of thinking, isn't used often enough? Or have I been away long enough that I'm out of touch? I'll answer that by saying, when I lived through that, uh-huh. I lived in a country that wasn't up for that at all. Mm-hmm. I don't want to generalise because there were people close to me and that I worked with and that supported me a lot and that were perhaps it wasn't their, their go-to point of view, but they, they were open. open-minded yep. and... and uh, a willingness to to probably just see some young guy with, with at, at the very least if, if they may have well thought uh, there was an out of place confidence or 
they may have disagreed, but maybe they just saw a youthful enthusiasm and, and, and a work ethic that they would at the very least support from that point. So there were, it's not everyone. But if I'm describing that period of time with respect to Scottish attitudes and the attitudes that I encountered, every day was a fight. Yeah. One of your players, I don't know where Bradley is now, apologies. One of your players, Ryan Gold, having spent quite an amount of time in... And it still guts me because allegedly he... Because he, he, he's an Aberdonian, he was growing up, he was made to train in Aberdeen in Seaton Park. There was dog mess and hoodlums everywhere and therefore he left the home of football. Sad. But Portugal, Canada now, you know, in, in a growing area of football intensity where minds are still very open. He's got an adventurous, open mind about new horizons in terms of where you live and work. You had that. It's not often a technique I used to say, please tell me again what you told me before, but <laughs> let's say you were sitting, you were, you were back in your, in your parents' living room age 13 and you were trying to explain oh, to wrong. them why maybe Toronto or Rio Ave or, or the Midlands even, where you had a sense yeah. inside you which were, were the, your horizons aren't mine. Yeah. I, can't, I can't explain where they came from. I cannot explain What did you say? I coined a phrase which I still repeat to this day and it may be very difficult for me to go and visit my family after saying this <laughs> and after it going out. But the phrase, I hope not, I hope not. The phrase was, uh, you were born in Dundee, you went to school in Dundee, you, uh, you met each other in Dundee, you got married in Dundee, you had me in Dundee, you worked in Dundee, you're probably going to die in Dundee. And that filled me with dread. Not because of anything to do with Dundee, but because of the, the, the sense of the limit that that could have on, on how you grow well how you grow as a person mm-hmm. that was at a stage where I suppose it's a little bit industry specific because there was even times where I would think to myself God if, if I was born in Portugal or Spain or you know perhaps a more respected football country I would have more opportunities just by, by the fact that I was born in a different place mm-hmm. in a different culture mm-hmm. and where, where things were maybe more aligned to how I wanted to work so a, a combination of those two things, from a really, really early stage in my life, I was, I was determined to get out and be someplace else and, and make sure that I was exposed to different things so that there was opportunity for me to develop in a different way. And that's basically the long short of it. Do, do you remember the immediate aftermath of the next couple of days? I now have a four-month-old daughter, and I can play that forward in the future and imagine how that might feel as a parent. Mm. I don't imagine that was particularly enjoyable for them. We have sponsors who support us, and thank you to... They're, they're, they're loving, kindly, they're like a blanket of love around this bit 365, which might sound odd, but it's true. They've sent in a, a raft of different questions. For our taste, you're here because of our admiration of your attitude and talent and achievements. But I still think you're underrated, and I think that will change. Um, and it's partly to do with being, at the moment, an assistant to a manager, and it's partly to do with the fact that I think you, you, know, you, you make a lot of people in the country we were born feel uncomfortable and maybe smaller about their own aspirations. But I'm going to use the word underrated, and they ask us for your view of the most underrated Scottish player. Now, clearly, you can define that as you want. Now, growing up, I don't care. But they want you to talk about your most underrated Scottish player. I'm going with, uh, and uh, I'm going. I'm going to give him a reason for this as well because it's your space. Uh, he should have already played for his country, and 
everybody in the world thinks this is a very biased answer, and perhaps it is, but my answer is Ryan Gold. My reason is that there are some more intelligent players coming through Scottish football just now that I think is really, really positive. Billy Gilmore is a wonderful example. I think he's whoever made the decision for him to get out of the country quickly deserves a lot of praise and a lot of a lot of appreciation because I think that's made a great difference and I think he's he's a wonderful talent some of the guys at Celtic as well I think Brendan's had an effect Hmm. on how they think Mm -hmm. and they're smarter now so I I don't think Ryan is a a one-off in that respect but I don't think we have enough technically gifted really intelligent footballers for, for him to not be getting on a plane Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true, Graham Hunter, and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us, at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.